Um, in fact, before we have the video, Graham, let's have today's reading. So we'll get, you get that ready, and Laura's going to come up and share today's reading. So we're continuing from Ephesians, and we're looking at Ephesians 4, a couple of sections in that, 4 to 8, and 11 to 16, which I believe you can find on page... 1175. Okay. There is one body and one spirit... Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amazing. Thanks, Laura. So the question we're really going to be asking today which ties this together, is what's beautiful to you. And we're just going to watch a little video that draws on this theme. We live in a visual world. Social media like Instagram and Snapchat are part of our daily life routines. Our websites, our technology, our spaces, they are all becoming more aware of design. And because of this, I think the question of what is beautiful is becoming increasingly important. The church used to be the center of beauty. Cathedrals, Renaissance paintings, stained glass windows, they were all beautiful. And they were made not only to help people experience God, but also to describe who God is. With this project, Alabaster, we are hoping to play a role in exhibiting the beauty of God. Our culture is changing. However, our Bible design has relatively remained the same. Similar to old master renaissance artists who looked at the scriptures and created these beautiful pieces of art from them, we wanted to do the same. And we asked ourselves, what would that look like today? As a result, we've decided to take the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, integrate visual imagery within that text and design the Bible beautifully. My name is Brian Chung. I'm a artist and photographer. I am a campus minister at a art and design college, and I'm one of the creators of Alabaster. My name is also Brian Chung. Yes, we have the same name. I'm a designer. I've done campus ministry at a university in Los Angeles for the past six years, and I'm also one of the creators of Alabaster. We believe that great art has always done more than tell a quick, literal message. Great art creates dialogue. It makes us think. 
For some of the images, we wanted to observe what was happening in the text and thoughtfully use design to communicate connection points in the passage you might see or not normally see. We also wanted to make images that could capture the emotional impact of what the passages are talking about. Some are literal and some are abstract. And these images are meant to be wrestled over, interacted with, as you look at the image and read the text side by side. Ultimately, we hope it creates a deeper interaction with God. This project is called Alabaster based on one of the only times in the Gospels that Jesus calls something beautiful. In Mark 14, we find a woman breaking an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume and pouring it onto Jesus' head, anointing him. The act is extreme. Many people at the scene see what she does and scoff at her. They say, what are you doing? Something that expensive could have been used on the poor. But Jesus defends the woman, saying, leave her alone. Why do you bother her? What she has done is a beautiful thing. Inspired by this passage, to create the cover, we took a piece of alabaster stone and broke it into four separate pieces. A different piece of the alabaster becomes the cover for each different gospel. In order to make this project a reality, we need your help. Um, if this is something you want for yourself, if it's something you want for your friends, if this is something you want to experience or be a part of, we humbly ask that you would become a part of this Kickstarter and that you would share it with others. What if together we made this project a reality? Our culture today is not only asking what is true or what is good, but what is beautiful. Imagine what would happen if we integrated beauty more with faith. We believe that beauty matters. It, it is not something that is meant to be sidelined in our walks with God, but it is fundamental to understanding who God is. Our hope is that Alabaster will play a part in experiencing the visual beauty of God. Awesome. Uh, what are the chances? Brian Chung and Brian Chung. Sorry, focus on that. Um, okay, so what what is beautiful for me is like a fascinating question because it's not something we talk about a lot. It's possibly not something we talk about in church a lot as well. But for me, like the pure idea of each of us seeing and coming to life with what resonates with the very core of our being. To me, something incredibly special. Because if God is a father and he's made each of us personally, then he's taken time to put the stuff inside of us that makes each of us tick. Um, and I heard a talk on this subject a couple of years ago. So it was the beginning of 2012. So that's like four and a bit years ago. And it um, completely blew me away. It was a guy talking about sonship. Um, and I just want to share some of what he said because I think this really, really ties in. And completely feel free to disagree with what I'm saying. Um, but th this has honestly been one of the real keys, I think, in um, probably taking my relationship with God from something where it was about um, behavior and doing the right stuff to something where it was like a friendship and it was a joy and it was a pleasure. And I felt like I had someone kind of making me come more alive. Um, and this is the stuff he said. He, he basically said... Um, that which is beautiful to you is one of the greatest clues as to what you're supposed to do with your life. And that's that verse about I must be in God's masterpiece. He said, how do you become the best father? 
you become a son yourself. Who Jesus is to you is who he'll become through you. And the whole point of repenting, which means to change the way we think, is that we would change the way we think so that we increasingly become God's sons and daughters. That's the point of like Jesus was to show us what that looked like. And he was saying that when we become children of God, we start to realize what's really beautiful to us. And it's very difficult for us to talk about loving other people really well if we don't actually know how to love ourselves. And I'd say if you look at anyone, like people, they come the most alive when you see them doing the stuff that they most love and is most true to who they are. It's like you couldn't try and stop them. And the amazing thing, it would be like completely different stuff for each of us. So um, when this guy was sharing, he actually talks about sending like 100 people up to a range of mountains. And he said what they did with that time, if you just gave them two hours free, would be like completely different because some of them would want to, you might have heard me say this before, is some of them would want to like climb it. Um, some of them would want to take pictures of it. Some of them would want to stop and paint. Some of them would want to analyze the pH content of the soil. Some of them would want to, you know, like they're, they're all, there's completely different things that get each of us. Some of us would be fascinated by the birds. Some of us would be fascinated by the insects. Like that question of what is beautiful to each of us, it would be different for every person in this room. Um, and basically saying when we start to see and know what we love, it gets us asking questions. And that, that is the beginning of intimacy. So the passages we just looked at at the very beginning this evening where... Um, in Ephesians, Paul talks about us knowing not just in a way that's knowledge, but actually experiencing God's love. It's, we've got to step into this place of intimacy where we're really experiencing and knowing that stuff in a personal way, not just in a kind of, um, we've been taught it and we agree it's right. It's actually going to impact us from the inside out. Um, and he said, like, the end of that journey for him is, is basically the father says it's beautiful to you because it's beautiful to me and as we're overcome with that stuff our natural relationship with God will be like how do I use the stuff that you've given me um, that I find so amazing how do I use that to essentially bring glory to your name he's saying like that comes after we've really encountered and known and spent time with God knowing what it is that we find the most um, yeah, beautiful stuff essentially and um, I'm just going to have a sip of water. Yeah. Any chance someone could? Um, thanks. I've uh, been rebuked for uh, doing that too much. Um, apologies. It's the coffee. Uh, so, like, when we look at this passage in Ephesians, um, it might seem like a tangential link, but. I think this is really some of the stuff that it's talking about. So the stuff Laura read, it said, um, there's one body and one spirit. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of us all. It says, yet grace, or but grace, God's unmerited favor, was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately, but in different ways. Therefore it said, when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive. 
and he bestowed gifts on men. And um, I guess what I'm trying to suggest is that the stuff that we find beautiful, those are the gifts that God's put in us. When we often think about gifts, we quite often just think about what people can do really well. But for me, like our gifts, it's more what we like. It's what we love. It's what we enjoy. It's what brings us to life. And um, it then goes on to talk about how these gifts were varied. So this is verse 11, if you're following in um, chapter 4. It says, and his gifts were varied. He appointed and gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Jesus' body, the church. And um, I'd love us just to, I don't, have any of you heard, ever heard like teaching on the five-fold ministries? It's something that sometimes people talk about. Um, and it can be a bit wordy, but um, I think it's really interesting that Paul basically, I could feel it coming. I could feel that on the way. If we just look to the next one. So um, Paul lists, he lists, um, DeAndre, if we just flick through. Um, great. Um, Paul lists these five different words. And they, a lot of them, there's two or three that we'll be familiar with. Or like you'd be familiar with if you hadn't grown up going to church. And then some of them, they're more like they're words that we know. Um, from the Bible. Uh, So we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But what I'd really love us to do is if we flick back a slide, DeAndre, thank you. For me, this is what these things are really about. It's not just about what we do, but it's about how we see. And I think one of the things Paul's talking about in this picture of his body is that Jesus anointed each of us with different ways of seeing the world and it's only when we bring those different parts together in a godly order and they all come together that we see the beauty of the body of Christ. And so for me to start to do that, if we're going to live like uniquely together and if we're going to live authentically from the inside out, we have to know what's beautiful to us and we have to be honest about the perspective with which we see things because it will be different for all of us. But so often what happens is we conform to a particular way and we think, oh, that's what I think, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. So do you see the threads? Because the stuff like we were talking about last week with Brené Brown, it was basically saying people only feel like love and a sense of belonging and connection when they really share what's going on inside. So quite often, if we flick to the next one, um, if we go forwards again, that's great. Uh, no, sorry, back to... <laughs> so all of... In my opinion, these are the ways that God's made different people. Um, And we definitely, we can see this stuff in the church, but I think you can also see a lot of these things in workplaces. There's different questions that like fascinate people and that often forms teams, but it often causes those teams and the team dynamics to break down because people get really frustrated with each other because they're like, well, you want to do this, but I just don't care about that. It's completely irrelevant. Why are you trying to do that? And um, there's for me this fascinating thing of like actually how do each of these like ways of seeing the world, how do they complement each other and how do they come together? So we're not going to look at that in great detail now, but um, there are really good books on this. And if you want to kind of look into it, I'd say just give it a Google. It's often called like Fivefold Ministries and have a look. But I'd just say some people are really fascinated and have a gift with like infrastructure, with like how to make things happen, with how to actually create something that has... Um, 
all of the kind of divine order to make it work really well. Um, some people are way more fascinated with like the processes behind stuff, so they will spend time asking the questions about like why are we doing what we're doing? Is that actually right? Is it actually worth it? Um, the word evangelists. Do you know Apple have evangelists? Apple and Mac, they actually call them like Apple evangelists. And it's basically just people that like absolutely love something and then need water. They absolutely love something and then they'll just go and tell everyone about it because they're like, it's amazing, you've got to see it. And that's what like the word evangelist that we get in the Bible means. It's basically people that had like encountered this good news and just couldn't stop telling everyone about it. Um, and then you get pastors who I guess particularly, I mean, I think you find in all of your like, well-being and caring professions, often people who just have a massive uh, heart for taking the time to make people feel safe and to really work out actually how is this going to affect people um, in the day-to-day, in the nitty-gritty. And then teachers in this, they have a particular love for actually practically giving people the skills that they need to do stuff really, really well. But do you see how all of those, they're like quite specific things and they're quite different, but you can see how if all of that's brought together it creates this incredible like, harmony and order, which I believe is God's way of saying that's one of the ways that we recreate heaven on earth. And um, I guess just my question for us to go away with today is, like, what is it about the way you see the world that is so like, valid and of worth that you need to stop just keeping it to yourself but really start sharing it? Because when we honor how each other see that's when i think we start to see something really special going on um and so that's pretty much like where i want us to land i think uh yeah deandre the next great so um it's quite a vague question to leave us with but i want us to be quite like specific and i'm going to ask us to do something slightly weird um and we'll also just i think we'll just have some time after this just uh John T and Julian will come back and we'll have some um, time to worship and just see what God wants to do. But um, in that time, I'm going to ask people to do something slightly odd. I would love you, on your, on your tables, there's a bit of paper, there's quite a few bits of paper under the Bibles. And this is just one like really practical way that I thought we could start to own this. I've basically written four questions there about what we do kind of as a community um, I've particularly written that about church, um, as in, sorry, about Sunday, um, Sunday evenings. What is church? But um, even, if, like, even if it's your first time here, whatever it is, I'd love for you just to share, like, honestly, what you see. Um, and this, for me, is so that we can really, like, not, really, not miss stuff and, like, honour what God's saying to us through each other. So basically just ask, what do you love most about church? What do you find the weirdest things? Um, what are you most passionate about doing yourself? And what would you love to have more teaching on looking at? Um, and I'd really value it if people would just share that stuff. Um, just write something down. It's all anonymous. And um, chuck it in. There's a little basket here um, as well. Um, so if people are happy at some point this evening just to come in and drop that in there, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, and I think more than just doing this, it's about 
in our weekly lives, like when we speak the truth in love to each other, we're basically doing this all the time. We're just sharing what we see and that causes people to um, encounter more of God. And it's really that simple. So I'm just going to pray for us and then, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, Jesus, thank you um, that it's your joy to have a relationship with those who you made. And Father, I pray that this evening would mean breakthrough for each of us where um, the chains of functioning out of how we think we should behave with you Um, disappears and you give us freedom to really have a father and daughter or a father and son relationship and Holy Spirit would you teach us what that looks like thank you that you are still a God of awe and power and at the same time a friend it's the most um, weird (laughs) mix but they they can both be true and father would you teach us how to know you in that kind of a way and more than that lord i i pray that you'll teach us how to be um the body that you talk about Um, i'm just going to read that last verse that we heard um, from laura early on for because of him the whole body the church in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it's supplied, when each part, with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all its function, it grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. And um, Lord, would you just yeah continue, Holy Spirit, would you like um, teach us and pour goodness out on us this evening that causes us to really um, do this amazingly well. And where you want to change how we think, to know you more and more um, as your children, would you do that too? Amen.